Well, good morning. I will, uh, I will start by uh, just passing on my apologies for not being here at the start of the meeting. Has, uh, did, did you mention why that? No? <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I've actually just come from the fracture clinic at the hospital. Um, I had a slight incident the other day, and uh, uh, funnily enough, uh, the, the doctor, they were running a little bit late. The doctor said, um, said right, okay, so two weeks... And then if in two weeks it's not sorted, you may be going back to see our hand specialist, who is sitting here. So uh, um, I've got my diary, if you have. (laughs) But we are believing uh, that the God who heals will uh, mean that you can have a bit of time off. (laughs) So, so, yeah, my uh, sermon today is taken from John 2. And as you know, we've been working our way through the first few books of John, and we now come to the wedding at Cana. Now, up until now, we've been focusing on, uh, very much on John the Baptist preparing the way, and now we come to, uh, to this wedding, and one of the things that we'll talk about is how this was the first sign in, uh, uh, John records the, the miracle that Jesus does, as being the first sign. And so we kind of move in a little bit from prepare the way into the fullness. But I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit and I want to just go back and we're going to look through this passage. So I'm in John 2, 1 to 11. Okay. So um, the wedding at Cana, we can see from what it says here that uh, we're a little way away from the, uh, from the place where uh, John the Baptist was baptising. And uh, Jesus has been invited to a wedding. It says, On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. Then it says, When the wine ran out. And if you want a title for what I'm going to say today, it's actually When the Wine Ran Out which um, uh, I'm conscious there's a lot of W's and R's in there. When do I run out? Um, so, uh, you know, they're, they're at this wedding. Now, I've had a look, and what they say is that uh, for these kind of, these, these ceremonies, it would have been a few days. You know, the celebration would have lasted for a few days. There would have been a party in the kind of the afternoon, evening, and then they would have done a day of celebration, possibly two days of celebration. And uh, at this point, the wine is flowing, the, part, the people are celebrating, And it sounds as though, from what you read, that kind of the whole village would be there. Now, we don't quite know how many people would have been in the village, but, you know, by all accounts, the village would turn out for the wedding. And uh, I think that that, that bit in verse 3, when the wine ran out, it's not a case of, oh, you, you almost, if you... If you read it in the way it's just written there, when the wine, it almost like this is a fait accompli. You know, the wine was going to run out at some point. And it's not, it doesn't give any impression of this being a surprise. It doesn't give any impression of this being a shock. It just says, when the wine ran out. And I, I got me thinking, often in life, for us as Christians, the wine runs out. You know, there are times when, as Christians, the wine runs out. And uh, yeah, I was thinking a little bit about, well, when might that happen? 
And, uh, you know, the, the, the first two chapters of Job gives a very good example of when the wine clearly ran out. There's Job. So if you don't know the story, Job is an Old Testament bloke. Um, and the, the story goes that, uh, first of all, he lost his family. Then he lost all his possessions. Then he lost his health. And then finally, his wife said to him, look, it's all gone wrong. Just curse God and die. And it's very often, it's a cheery message, this one. I hasten to add, cheery message. Um, it, but it takes a while to get to the cheery bit, okay? Uh, very often in life, our wine runs out. As Christians, we believe that God provides. We believe, and you know, for the young people here and the people who've got baptised, God does provide and he heals us and he gives us all that we need and he's fantastic. But sometimes the wine just runs out. And it could be that we hit a point of crisis. And that crisis could be when we suddenly lose all of our source of income. So Sally and I this week, we've been down to visit a family member uh, my sister. Um, so just before Christmas, she lost her job. She was made redundant. And it sounds from the way things are that your poor husband could well be losing his job at the moment as well. And so suddenly they've gone from a two-income family down to nothing. Okay? And that can be a real kind of crisis point in people's lives. Um, but we will come on to what happens but that can be a real crisis point. And actually, um, in terms of spoilers, I'm, I, I do want us to have a brief time ministry at the end. And I want to pray with people for whom the wine has run out in their life at this point in time. Because there may be people sitting here now for whom actually the employment, they, they, maybe they've just lost the job. Maybe there's talk of the job going. They're suddenly in that point of crisis thinking, what are we going to do? But also if we think about Job, so the, 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 his source of income, his possessions, his, he was clearly a farmer and the, 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 the enemy came in and took all his cattle away and so on. But he also lost his family. His children were feasting in a barn. I think it was a barn, in, in a big room. And, and suddenly the four winds blew and the barn, the corners fell down, the barn had killed them all. Absolute disaster, a point of crisis. And sometimes in our lives, we find those point of crises when you know, we, we suddenly find that family members um, might be ill or might be suffering in some way. And it becomes a point of crisis. We also find in the book of Job that, uh, that there was that, the issue of his health. Suddenly he went from being healthy to being really ill. And that can be a point of crisis for us. Stick with me. It does get better. Cheery word coming up. I can, I'm, I'll take my glasses off. I can still see the look on your faces. <laughs> it's, um, uh, he went from being healthy to being ill. And that can sometimes happen with us. And it's a point of crisis. And as I was thinking about this, uh, this word and what I was going to say, um, I was just reminded that, you know, five years ago, and many of you know the story, so I won't go into the details, but five years ago, I had a point of crisis, and Sally had a point of crisis on my behalf, where I, was, I, I went to, you know, high blood pressure, went to the doctor, she said, it's high, I'm going to put you on some medication. And she said, and we were talking about this the other day, um, it just came up a conversation. We were talking about this the other day. 
And uh, she said, if you get a headache in the next 24 to 48 hours before this medication kicks in, you haven't got time to take a paracetamol. You have to dial 999 because the chances are you're going to die. Now, that last bit was my little bit that I kind of inferred from what she was saying when she said, you haven't got time to do anything. If you get a headache, you dial 999. So that was a point of crisis for us. Me, because it was my health, and then Sally, because it was on behalf. It was, I was suffering with my health, and Sally was at a point of crisis. Six months later, when uh, that uh, particular medication had had a, had a bit of an effect on me, um, the head teacher sat me down in the office, and again, we were talking about this the other day. And Lucy, we still remember the words that God gave you for us on the day of that meeting. And it still now is a, is a, is a strength, is a reminder, is a prompt. So thank you for sharing that with us. But the head sat down with me in the office and said, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to let you go. You know, um, I had an aller- basically I had an allergic reaction to the medication, and I, I slipped into a depression. As soon as I stopped taking those pills, everything was fine. But by that point, the deed was done. And the head said, I'm sorry, we're going to have to part company. I lost my job. A point of crisis in our lives. And then the final one is that sometimes, even within Christian circles, sometimes we can let each other down. Job and his wife, she said, curse God and die. Fortunately, Sally didn't say that to me, you know. She, she was a bit stronger in her faith than that. But, you know, I mean, she said it to me many times since. But <laughs> uh, the last time was about three quarters of an hour ago when she was saying, you're going to be going on in a minute to preach. <laughs> and we're still sitting here. <laughs> so um, I literally did walk through the door about 11 o'clock, 10 past 11. It was like Sally driving. It was like Moses coming up to the Red Sea. She was like parting the cars so that I could get through. Um, so <laughs> anyway, sometimes Christians let us down. Sometimes, even though we're family, we let each other down. I have let people down. I know that. If that is you, I apologise. But I know I've let people down. And there have been times when people have let me down. So... What we see here in this passage is when the wine ran out, it will happen. So to you guys that have just been baptised, it's fantastic. Brilliant to see you stepping out in faith. You're moving on in your walk. You've made that declaration. I want to follow Jesus. I want to give my all to him. And I've been baptised today. It's a statement that I am standing for him. And I am one with him. But there will come times in your life, when it will seem like the wine has run out and you hit that crisis. But what happens next? So it says, verse 3, When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Now, we, don't, we, we tend to see that as a conversation, but essentially, Mary interceded. You know? We, we have this kind of, uh, um, it's funny watching the boys, often when the boys pray, they're like, and, uh, you know, we have this thing, she interceded, just in the same way that we can pray for one another, Mary prayed, she interceded, it's just that Jesus was actually there, he was standing there next to her, but when we pray, Jesus is standing next to us, Jesus is with us, yeah, 
when we're praying, it's not to some kind of, you know, distant God. Jesus is with us by his Holy Spirit. So just in the same way that Mary turned around to him and said, the wine has run out. So when we hit that point of crisis, be it health, job, other people, whatever it may be, we turn to one another. We intercede ourselves, but we get others to intercede with us. And if you are, um, you know, we're going to have time ministry later on for people who might have reached that point of crisis here today. But if you're in an MCOM, this is a fantastic opportunity within the MCOM to say, I've hit a point of crisis. Will you stand with me in prayer? Will you intercede with me? Will you pray? And if you're not in an MCOM, can I encourage you to be part of one? Because clearly, when the crisis point hit, the first thing that Mary did was she went to Jesus. And the same is true for us. When we hit that point of crisis, the first thing that we should do is go to Jesus. And if we know someone has hit that point of crisis, we go to Jesus on their behalf. Now, Jesus said to a woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Now, there's loads of kind of theories as to what he's talking about there. And there's a sermon just in that verse itself. And I'm not going to go into great detail there. But there's, there's, there's loads of different, uh, different bits that, that people have interpreted. Maybe the wine hadn't quite run out and they could have put some water in. And Jesus was saying, hang on, let's wait until it's all gone. I don't see that because she says to him, when the wine has run out. You know, they have no wine. Um, maybe Jesus was thinking about that perfect, that wedding that we will all be part of, where the bride of Christ, the church, meets with Jesus, the bridegroom. Maybe he was thinking of that. Maybe he was thinking um, of a time when we, like, as we'll find out, common water, when we are perfected, like, perfect wine we don't really know but either way Mary said to the servants do whatever he tells you she came to Jesus she interceded and then she said do whatever he tells you now this is the first John says this was the first miracle that Jesus did So at this point in time, we would be led to believe that it wasn't as if he had fed the 5,000 and then fed the 4,000 and walked on water and then going to the servants and saying, fill the jars with water and, uh, you know, it will become wine. They had to take a step of faith. They had to do what seemed absolutely crazy. So the servants are standing there saying, we've run out of wine. Jesus says, Go and fill the stone jars to the brim with water and then draw some out and go to the master of the feast with it. That seems on the face of it to be a little bit crazy. Yep, yep, okay, that's fine. We'll get to washing later, but we've run out of wine. Yeah, go and fill the stone jars with water and then draw a bit out, take it to the master of the feast. 
just if you just put yourself in that place and you think, he hadn't done any miracles by this point, as far as we know, as far as we're led to believe. John says this was the first of his signs. And yet they went and did it. And so the same is true for us. When we hit that point of crisis, when we hit that point of difficulty, we go to Jesus. You know, it's interesting that uh, Romans 8.34, I think it is, also says that Jesus intercedes on our behalf. Wow. Jesus intercedes on our behalf. We don't, we're not only praying for one another, but he's praying for us. When we hit that point of crisis, praying for us. But we have to go and do whatever he says. Now, that might seem a little weird. So, you could be at a point where, I mean, the, forgive me, the obvious one is finance. You could be at a point where you've got no finance at all because you've lost your job. And you go to Jesus and you say, Lord, help. We've got no food. And Jesus says, give something into the offering. But we haven't got anything. Just give something into the offering. Or give to that person over there who's in need. But I'm in need. But give to that person over there who's in need. And what we find is that those jars that were once full of water are now full of the perfect wine. Outside, mentioned India already, but outside is, is the plaque of the offering taken up by the villagers when we built this building. They have nothing. That was a huge amount for them. For us, it's a very small amount. But for them, it was a huge amount. When we hit that point of crisis and we intercede, the Holy Spirit might just drop something into our hearts and say, go and do this or go and do that. And we have to go and do it. Even if it seems a little bit crazy. So you might be sitting there, like I say, with, with no finance or no food. And you might just get the prompt. Go and bless someone. Seems a little crazy. But go and bless them. Because that is what the prompt of the Holy Spirit is saying. You might be struggling because you have no time. The pressures of life. Kids, work, all the rest of it. You might be there thinking, I have no time. You go to God and you say, Lord, I want to give more to you. I want to give my time to you, but I've just got no time. And he says, commit this for going to meeting with that person. Commit this time to go to MCOM. Commit that time to go to the Sunday morning service. Commit that time. Meet up with someone and bless them and encourage them. But I've got no time. No, but go and do it anyway. And what will happen is that those stone jars that were at one point filled with water suddenly become full of the perfect wine. In your life, if you give according to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, what for you might just seem like, I've only got a little bit of time, I've only got a little bit of money, I've only got a little bit of resource. Suddenly, for the other person, suddenly in the hands of the Lord becomes perfect wine. And a perfect blessing. Because we serve a miraculous God. We serve a God of 
miracles. We serve a God who can raise the dead. We serve a God who can heal the sick. We serve a God who can meet every need that we have. Whatever we have, let's lay it before him. If he prompts us to do something, let's go and do it. And the passage goes on. There were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. That would have taken a long time, because they couldn't have carried these things down to the well. Presumably, they were running backwards and forwards with buckets. So I don't know. Um, fill them up to the brim, and he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. And it says, this is the first of his signs that Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. When we serve, whether we're preparing the way as we believe we are at the moment in a time of preparation, when we serve him, when we put him first, when we give whatever we can, just even... Water in a washing pot. When we bring whatever we can to him and we lay it at his feet in obedience and faith, he can convert that into the most amazing of miracles. He can convert the water into the best wine. He can convert that gift that we give into a massive blessing to someone. He can convert that bit of time that we give, even though we're struggling to find the time just ourselves. He can convert it into an immense blessing for someone else. Because that is what he does. Jesus takes, even in that point of crisis, he takes the the everyday stuff that we can provide. And he can convert it into a perfect blessing. And so, my encouragement for you is if you are at that point of crisis, if you're at that point today where you are sitting there and you're thinking, think about the four things in Job. You're sitting there and you're thinking, I haven't got either the resource or the strength or whatever it may be. I am at that point of crisis. Then come before God. We'll have a time of ministry and the the people on the ministry team will come out and they will pray with you. But, like I say, what you're doing is you're going to Jesus. But do whatever he tells you to do. Even if it sounds a little bit crazy. Even if it sounds a little bit odd. Do whatever he tells you to do. Because as you do that, he can convert the water, in the stone jars for washing into the best wine. We're in a time of preparation for revival. 
We've talked about it. We've prayed about it. We've encouraged one another about it. But at the end of the day, we are just water in stone jars for washing. But Jesus can use us. Jesus can use this church. Jesus can use the churches across Durham and the northeast in a revival that could change the county and the country. I believe that. And he uses us. Water in stone jars for washing to be made into the perfect wine. So I'm going to finish there, slightly shorter. Um, I did promise Alan I would be shorter after last time when I was long. Um, I'm going to finish there and I'd I'd like the band to come back up uh, if they could. Um, But if you're at that point of crisis, if you're at that point where you are literally struggling with that sense of, I can't cope. I'm at risk of losing my job or I've been hurt by someone or I've got a family member who is desperately, desperately suffering for something. Or I'm ill. I'm, I'm suffering with my health. If you're at that point of crisis, can I encourage you to just come out? The ministry team will come out and they will pray with you. But lift your request to God. Do whatever he tells you to do and see that water in stone jars that all that you've got converted into perfect wine. Thank you. Over to you.